This is your host, Patrick Young, Associate Co-Convener at Nissim, and today we chat with an old friend, Dr. Esther Kerr. Great to have you back on Cell Chat, Esther. Could you fill us in on what you've been involved in since our last chat? Oh, thank you, Patrick. It's uh, good to good to connect with you again. I think I, I'd probably just about finished an Indonesia project with UNICEF on assessment of 21st century skills. And then I started up on um, being the team lead for an ADB project in the Philippines, that as well as an East Africa project. So the Philippines is, it's about remote learning. And then uh, East Africa is working with some NGOs on assessment of 21st century skills and values. I've become more and more involved in that integration issue rather than purely the assessment issue. We need to be thinking about why are we doing that? What's the point of doing it? What's it going to achieve? How is it going to change anything? Oh, and of course, there's other stuff on global citizenship happening with UNESCO career and 4.7.6. Esther, I have to to ask you, um, uh, how do you keep a a good work-life balance, if I may ask? (laughs) You're making an assumption that I do. (laughs) Coffee's a good (laughs) Coffee's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, coffee's life. When we talk about this, this, this term, transversal competencies, How would you explain uh, that term to someone who is less familiar with it? I would explain it as abilities or skills that we have that we can display in a lot of different situations. So whether you're at home or whether you're at school or whether you're in the playground, these are abilities to communicate with other people, their abilities to think about all the rules of a game that you want to play with friends, their abilities to think about how you negotiate when you have differences of opinion with somebody. All of these skills are skills that you use, obviously, across a lot of different situations, and they're transversal. In other words, they cut across. You display them in lots of different ways. So at a very sort of basic level, that's, that's how I would describe them. So when we're talking about uh, transversal competencies, how could they be developed and uh, integrated within academic disciplines and school subjects, you know, like math or natural science or literature and so on? It's actually relatively simple. If the skills are basically about functioning in society, about adapting, about building knowledge, about communicating with others, then what we need to do in the education space is have the opportunity to practice those skills and to apply those skills. That means that the teacher needs to provide the opportunity for that sort of learning approach. So whether it's in the primary school or secondary school or in tertiary education, it basically means that we need to provide a learning environment where you don't give right and wrong answers priority over the processes of thinking, exploring, interrogating, hypothesizing. All of these facilities and all of these faculties that we have to think and to explore and to imagine different worlds. And we need to have that approach in a classroom. I mean, obviously, we need to accomplish the foundational literacies reading, writing, navigating through society. But 
above and beyond that, we need to have the opportunity to experiment and to have that valued. So if we think about something like problem solving, let's not prioritise the solution. Let's prioritise how somebody takes into consideration all of the different pieces of a puzzle and how they put those together in different ways. So if we think about integrating within subject area disciplines, whether it's maths, sciences, literature, it's about integrating that approach. And I do think that, quote, good teachers do exactly that. And so the challenge for us is to maybe provide more guidance to those teachers who do not do that so that they can emulate those practices that really encourage deeper learning and application of skills. So that means we need to talk about authentic. I, I know lots of people don't like the word authentic, but we need to think about authentic learning experiences, ones that make sense to people. Yes, the guidance which teachers receive at a school level is very much influenced by local and national policy. In terms of the countries and regions which you're familiar with, Esther, do you see any challenges in transforming policy regarding putting these transversal skills and competencies into practice? Yes, absolutely. These competencies are still seen as an add-on to what is still seen as the primary focus of education, which is about the accumulation of knowledge and basic skills, like the foundational literacies. Until the transversal competencies are seen as an inherent part of that, we're not going to get any large-scale integration into the teaching and learning environment. So what we have is a subject or a discipline-based approach, which means that there's really very little replication of application of skills across subject areas. If I can push out on this a little bit, I was the technical lead on a project with a colleague, Claire Scholar, a couple of years ago, and uh, this was guided by UNICEF Philippines. And the task was to explore how 21st century skills, transversal competencies, were integrated into classroom practice. Uh, and incidentally, I reflect on this in the paper that I've written that contributes to the conference of the Vietnam National Institute for Educational Sciences. So the Philippines had adopted a 21st century skills framework back in 2013, and they'd written these seven skills that were basically drawn from the P21, Partnerships 21 framework. And they built this into their curriculum framework, reflected it in their subjects so that you could actually see mention of the skills in their curricular documents. And the question was, were the skills actually being taught? And what's interesting about the Philippines, of course, is that the country had integrated assessment of these competencies into their national assessments. So you've got it written in the curriculum at a fairly surface level. You've got it in their national assessments. So then the question is, well, are we teaching it? Particularly after the first 
rollout of the national assessments in which the students didn't do particularly well. So in this project, we drew 50 educators from all over the Philippines to audit a couple of subjects for a couple of the skills at a couple of the grade levels. And we looked at the actual curricular materials to identify where was the mention of these skills, where were the opportunities for their teaching. Then taking that information, we all engaged in the development of classroom observation checklists to identify whether we could see teaching of skills in the classroom. And then we trained the observers, the actual 50 educators. So the same 50 educators being involved right through the different stages of the project. Then these observer educators went out into the field, again, all over the Philippines. They collected lesson plans because in the Philippines, teachers typically, up until COVID anyway, um, always wrote a, a lesson plan for every, every day. So you could see very, very clear detail about what the teachers intended to teach. So they collected those lessons plans. They then observed the actual classes, made notes and debriefed with the teachers. And what did we find? There was very little actual teaching of the skills, but the teachers often thought that they were teaching them. So that faces you with the reality of that lack of real understanding of what transversal competencies are. So the teachers might think that because they had provided a problem, in inverted commas, in maths, i.e. a sum, that that was a problem and that therefore they were encouraging problem solving. Whereas in fact, the students were probably just using a formulaic method of solving a sum. Or the teachers thought that they were uh, facilitating and developing collaboration skills because they just put students in groups to work together. So this lack of deep understanding of what the transversal competencies are was pretty clearly a problem. As always, it's been a pleasure, Esther. Thank you so much for your perspective. Now, you know we're very excited about the upcoming VNIES Learning Transversal Competencies in ASEAN Countries and Their Neighbors, the conference coming this December. For our listeners, please see the NISM website at www.nism.org and our Twitter for more. To finish our chat, Esther, what do you look forward to at the conference? I think this is an opportunity with VNIES for us to start to together to think about the changes that are taking place. And the reality is that we're in a situation in most countries in Asia where we're engaging in remote learning. And this is brought about by COVID. And so we have many children who can't go to school because of lockdown and there's no internet so they can't access things online they don't have electricity necessarily they definitely don't have devices and so on and one of the things that's become very very apparent to me is thinking about how do you engage children in learning when they don't have that support structure of a classroom. And so if we talk about the fact that we need to focus on literacy and numeracy, 
that's all very well. But if you don't have a teacher in front of a child to explain and facilitate that learning, it's very, very difficult for those students to acquire those foundational literacies. So we need to be thinking about what are the competencies that are necessary to help those children engage in unscaffolded environments. I'm hoping that this conference will be able to bring these two major needs together, that we understand the contribution that each will make to the other in developing the child, in developing the student, to be able to emerge from this in ways where they can demonstrate greater competencies to learn more. Thank you.